You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to have a little fun here on the Thursday edition of Locked on Cardinals, part of your Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We're going to give you a wish list item, Bo and I are, of who we would like to see be the DeAndre Hopkins of this offseason. Be a surprise, be exciting, add a little juice to the storyline for this offseason before free agency and the draft really kicks off because what happened with DeAndre Hopkins last offseason I I mean I I popped a vocal cord screaming in the car like not even because you're a Cardinals fan just because there is a top flight talent that's going to be an Arizona Cardinal pretty much for pennies on the dollar and Bo and I both have somebody that we would like to garner the red and white and black of the Arizona Cardinals come next season. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I feel like nobody's going to agree with me with mine and less people might agree with Bo with his if if, unless he changes it from what he told me it was going to be. Another thing we're going to talk about here is there was a list that somebody put together from the Patriots organization, somebody that covers the Patriots, that shows – the draft grades from 2016 through 2020, and it has a jarring result surrounding Steve Kahn and the Arizona Cardinals and their drafting ability by the numbers that we'll get to in the second segment. But first, here, listen. Cardinals are out of the playoffs. It's been a couple weeks now. The playoffs are still going on, and we would like to talk about things that would, you know, deter us from thinking about the Cardinals not making the playoffs. And what better way to do it than to look forward to next season with a potential dream acquisition that would better the roster and hopefully wouldn't be too expensive in the process. Bo, I'm going to have you take the floor first. Who would be your dream scenario acquisition by the Cardinals this offseason? Well, let's just correct one thing here, right? Because this is kind of, as as you laid out, this is a treat yourself Thursday here on uh, Locked on Cardinals. This is... Parks and Rec, treat yourself. You hate yourself you a little t- bit, don't you, for saying that. You hate yourself uh, a little bit. I did what? You hate yourself a little bit for saying it that way, don't you? No. I oh, mean, that's okay. just – you, you got to treat yourself. That's okay. just how it goes, you, and you have to say it that way, and that's how they do it on the show. And I, I don't think you have to take in consideration contracts, money, and all that stuff. This is just like your dream acquisition, something that would just knock you on your backside, and um, it, it would just have – you calling your friend who you haven't called in ages because you usually just text them. That's what happened with the DeAndre Hopkins deal. You're right. I am going to pivot from who I initially thought because I didn't know he had such a ludicrous uh, contract. Um, so I, I will go away from that. But I am looking at the offensive side of the football. And I think that the Arizona Cardinals, uh, they could bolster you know, their rushing attack and I'm tr- kind of wavering on on which running back from this stable of backs that they should take. Obviously, I, I want it to be Nick Chubb, but it could be Kareem Hunt. And somehow the Browns have figured a way for them to coexist, to actually thrive in Kevin Stefanski's offense. But I think either one of those backs would be the perfect fit for and, and help out supplementing this running game for the Arizona Cardinals. 
Oh, so we're going completely off the rocker here. Something that definitely just won't happen, but potentially, I mean, like there's two of them. I mean, you, you you don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that uh, you know Cleveland could could make one of those guys available? I mean, I don't think Nick Chubb would be oh, absolutely not. Look, DeAndre Hopkins is off the rocker crazy. What happened last year is is it it wouldn't happen in your Madden football game. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, Bo just completely every fantasy league in this country. Bo, you just Judas to me is what I'm upset about here because the one <laughs> you know the person that I was going to say, and you happened to pluck him from the same damn team that I was going to talk about. Okay, so this so, I mean the same team doesn't, but it's not the same guy. No, because that would just be asinine. If you were to take the guy that I was going to say, mine's OBJ. And and listen, this, this is more irrational than Bo's completely irrational thought. Yeah, maybe Kareem Hunt, I, they would never part way with Nick Chubb. Ever, ever, ever. That it's, it's a completely different situation. But with Odo I Beckham. Kareem Hunt would be a better better. Will you guy, stop interrupting me? I'm just telling you. <laughs> I agree with you, okay? Yeah. He can do both. I mean, with Kareem Hunt, the Chiefs probably still are like, you know what? Maybe we should have taken a beat before we cut him. Even though he was an awful person, the video was terrible. What he did on video was terrible. You are going to start to see on my little soapbox here, teams suspend in-house instead of just cutting. Obviously, depending on on what the uh, transgression is. But if the Chiefs could have it back, they would have suspended in-house and then brought him back onto the roster, in my opinion. So, regardless. Mine's Odo Beckham Jr. because... Look at what the Chiefs did. Look at what the Browns did without him this year. They don't need him. Okay, in my opinion, they don't need him. He's a, he's a nice to have. He's not a need to have. He's expensive. Okay, got that part. He's now officially injury prone. It was a freak injury the way he got injured this year by tearing his ACL. He was jumping in like a thief in the night, trying to jump on a pile of guys after an interception. He's a frail dude, but listen, there's a couple things that he does that not a lot of people in the NFL can do. He's the rich man's Christian Kirk, I guess, in so many ways. He's faster. He's a better route runner. He doesn't have to be on the outside all the time. But if you put DeAndre Hopkins and Odo Beckham Jr. on the same field, magic could happen. And he could run every route in the tree, short, intermediate, and long. And he would give buzz around this organization – that they desperately need. And on top of everything else, I wouldn't have said this last year before the season started last year. So why would you say it now after he's been out all year? Because he's kept his mouth shut and been a good employee. It's not about him anymore. He's grown up in front of our very eyes. And it was incremental. He's still got the ego of a wide receiver. But if you put him with DeAndre Hopkins, this offense could flourish even with an average running attack. I, I, I'm not a big – I think that Odell Beckham Jr. has shown that he, he's not a team guy. And to, to play opposite a guy like DeAndre Hopkins would just he, – he he would know that he had to be second fiddle. He still doesn't even have to play that role in Cleveland. He can he, he knows that Jarvis Landry will just, uh you know, uh, compared relative to o, OBJ, be quiet and, and just kind of get his target share and, and just go quietly into the night and they would – probably transform even more so into this this rushing team that's uh probably the premier rushing team in the league i don't know i i i would stay away from odell beckham jr but look it, would i 
turn my nose up at the idea of having OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins on the field at the same time? No, I mean, the the Cardinals severely lack playmaking opposite, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Is there anybody, and I know I'm putting you on the spot, on the opposite side of the football that you think could be a counterpart to the DeAndre Hopkins trade? I was thinking like a Tredavious White type, a guy who didn't have like a great season. We saw the Buffalo Bills kind of take a step backwards on defense, but a guy that's that's had some success in this league that might need a change of scenery to kind of recapture the greatness that he had at the NFL level. A cornerback like Tredavious White could be the younger solution to becoming Patrick Peterson's successor. Mine would be Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. You know, because the reason why is he may get traded. Like, this is actually a real-world scenario where the Cardinals could find themselves in a situation where they could offer the first-round pick for for Marshawn Lattimore. The Do you? New Orleans, yes, 100 times out of 100. The, the New Orleans, and the reason, like, so he was on the level of Jalen Ramsey's rookie season where it's like, wow, this is not an Eli Apple this is a dude that actually can come in and be a lockdown corner immediately. Now he's he's uh, regressed a little bit this season. The the Saints defense was in flux for the first half of the season. Anyways, they don't have that great of safeties. They're really their strength is up front. Now, Marshawn Lattimore hasn't gotten paid yet. Like he got his fifteen million dollars guaranteed. You know, with where he was drafted, but he hasn't gotten that big deal yet. Which means that there's more wiggle room than knowing exactly what Tre'Davious White makes. So. I would trade for Marshawn Lattimore. I would give the first round because in recent years, so say the Saints aren't in salary cap hell. There's no way they're going to let him go. So the fact that you're pretty much, I don't know, you're 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 going in you're you're going in auctioning at a for a house that's in foreclosure. You know, there it's it's different circumstances than the traditional. This guy makes too much money. Let's try to see what we can get for him. He's a young dude. He's a good like corner. A Sorry? Like a short sale. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he would he would bolster the defense immediately. So that's a guy I would definitely trade a first for, where in recent years you may have to give a first and a second or a first and a third or something like that. I think a first for Marcus Lattimore, or Marshawn Lattimore, the Saints would eat that up. I mean, it's two guys as far as White and Lattimore, you know, came into the league around similar times and, you know, they 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 had a splash and then they came back down to earth this season. You look at Lattimore and it's actually kind of uh, comparable to Patrick Peterson's season, but Lattimore's 24. I, I don't know. You definitely could get him at a, at a greater value than even a first. I don't even think it would cost you a first round pick. And then you take in consideration that, you know, the Saints are going to be having to tr- try to figure out their quarterback position while they're cap strapped and while they're locked into horrible contracts like uh, Alvin Kamara and, and Michael Thomas. I, I, and I don't say like Kamara is a terrible contract. I think he's proved that he's worthy of that. But, you know, those are some big deals that they're going to have to maneuver around, um, <clears throat> even with Drew Brees potentially not coming back. It, it could, I think that there's some organizations that you could target some of their talent. That just to maybe take on one of those deals and and, and improve your roster, and um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what direction Steve Kime goes there because he knows now that you can there is a trade market where you can bolster a part of your a part of your roster. Yeah, and I like, I like Lattimore. Yeah, and when when it comes down 
to where the Cardinals are right now, they don't have an identity. So any players you can add that are proven commodities that can add to the identity, whether it be defense or offense, we don't know what the identity is of this team yet. And it's kind of, I mean, it, it's it's unsettling and off-putting, but it's not, you know, an end. It's the, the game's not over yet. They just are still kind of learning with learning with you know what their identity is or will be in this offseason will be very telling. Speaking of Steve Kime, uh, newsflash, he's not good at drafting players. We'll talk about that in numbers form next, Locked on Cardinals. But first, it's time to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com, it's a family business. It's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So instead of having to go to the storefront and be like, yeah, I don't know where to get this part. I don't even know what part I need. Can you help me? And getting those weird looks from people. You don't have to worry about that, all that awkwardness at rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers like myself. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Doesn't make any sense. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com And it wouldn't be a podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. If we didn't talk about betonline.ag, you got to be ready for conference championship weekend. There's NBA games abound. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, NFL games. You have NBA basketball, NCAA basketball. It's never. It's not going to stop, and BetOnline.ag's got you covered. Don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on that action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive the fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports experts. Second segment, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Really interesting conversation. Uh, just surrounding a wish list, potential names to add to this roster. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers in free agency, so you don't have to trade for one. But it's just a fun conversation to have running backs. You know, maybe uh, Barry Sanders will come back and play with the Cardinals. Uh, they, they have, Barry Sanders has a better chance of playing with the Cardinals than Nick Chubb does next season, but that was Bo's go-to. Um, wow. Wow. Uh, moving forward here, Pro Football Focus put together a list of draft – I mean, it, this is just a draft hierarchy, for lack of a better phrase, from 2016 to 2020. Value rate, value versus expected rate, etc. They're just analytical numbers and just – Spoiler alert, the Cardinals are in last. Uh, out of 32 teams, they are 32nd for their draft ability from 2016 to 2020. Steve Kime has been the GM responsible for drafting players since 2013. And Bo, he started as a B-minus drafter, it seems like, in 2013. We'll run through these real quick because this is fun once in a while just to go through the, the annals of time and just say, you know what? How many people did you miss on when you were drafting crap box guys out of college or turned out to be non-long-tenured pros? 
Now take it away in 2013, Bo. I mean, this it, it we'll jump to 2016 and, and the and the most recent years soon, but just it it wasn't a bad start for Stevie Kahn. Yeah, I mean, he takes Jonathan Cooper, who looked like he was going to be a player until he broke his leg, and then he was just never the same. He was out the door shortly after. But then you look at a couple guys who Kevin Mentzer played downs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season. He was your second round pick, a linebacker out of LSU. Tyron Matthew was the big get that. That draft, I mean, a pro bowler, uh, defensive player of the year candidate a couple times in his career. Alex Okafer, who was great uh, getting after the passer, uh, just kind of a situational pass rusher. Earl Wofford played for them, played some significant downs on the offensive line. Even Stephon Taylor was a running back for Bruce Arian's squads. So Andre Ellington, who was a six-round pick out of Clemson, was a guy who was going to be the vocal point of their offense at one point. Uh, going into to the, I think it was the 2014 or 15 season before David Johnson really just kind of took over. But so a decent start for Steve Kime, and then you start to kind of see it taper off. The next season he gets Dayon Buchanan and John Brown, and really that those are your contributors. And then you've got guys the next season. It's DJ Humphreys, Marcus Golden, David Johnson, arguably his his best draft, and JJ Nelson who had a couple big plays for the this offense, but then. It really, which you mentioned the uh, the the time frame twenty sixteen to now. This is when it really gets bad. Robert Kendici completely whiff in the first round. Brandon Williams was a guy that was a converted running back that you were going to have you know play opposite Patrick Peterson. Just burned in his first game out of Texas A and M. Chad Williams was a guy that wasn't even invited to the combine. Who they drafted as a wide receiver out of Grambling State uh, in the third round. And then you had guys that didn't even, some of them didn't even make the the roster. Uh, Dorian Johnson, who was a fourth round pick out of Pittsburgh. I mean, he didn't even make the, he was cut, I believe, before the season even, even started. So, and then in 2018, you've got Josh Rosen, Christian Kirk, Mason Cole, Chase Edmonds. You know, those guys are are good, I guess, as far as the biggest impact makers, Christian Kirk. And then, you know, Cole was able to start, but we all know there's frustrations with Cole at the end of the season. The guy kept on moving his head and getting flagged up for a false start on your freaking center, which should never happen. And it would happen multiple times a game. Josh Rosen was just a, a misfire as a quarterback selection that you traded up for. It, it's just, there. it's a it's not, when you look at 2019, that was the big opportunity where you're selecting in the first, you got the first pick of each and every round. And they've got... One guy, I mean, sure, it's your franchise quarterback, but, you know, Byron Murphy's kind of an inside playing quarter, but he's he was the first pick of the second round. I, I don't know. I just, Zach Allen, I guess you could put in there, but you've, you've already cut your fourth round pick and Hakeem Butler. It's, it's not, it's not good. And with the, how big of an impact maker you need to be as your general manager this year, you you don't have a great you don't have a ton of cap space, you don't have a you don't have a great pick, 16th overall, and, and the expectation is that Steve Kimes gonna be the guy that's gonna be able to make the 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 decisions to to find the guys that are gonna be difference makers. I mean, last year Isaiah Simmons didn't play 50 per cent of the snaps. Josh Jones with a was a red shirt. You got a couple fourth round picks that that made an impact, and then two guys that didn't even play. Yeah, I mean it's going back to 2016. Like this is the one that, and you could do you could say this about anybody. And I've defended Steve Kime 
uh, for like two things. One is not uh, is is not picking up Hassan Reddick's fifth year option because he shouldn't have, and it backfired. Right. But that's not his fault. Okay, that's one hundred percent was the right move at the time. Number two was grouping in Josh Rosen and Robert Kamdiche in the, in this specific regard. He in I truly believe. He didn't want to take either of those players. But both of those players were highly touted coming out of college. Robert Kandice was was a bonehead off the field, so he dropped precipitously in the first round where people thought he was going to be a top 10 pick. And then Josh Rosen, Josh Rosen dropped further than anybody thought he was going to. So I feel like Steve Kime was pressured into moving up to take him because they could. Those are two. I don't think he ever wanted Josh Rosen. I don't think he ever wanted Robert Kimdiche. And the Robert Kimdiche pick will bite you in the ass because, and again, you could do this about pretty much any miss in any draft. But we're talking about the Cardinals. We're talking about 2016 when this thing started. Jalen Smith, Chris Jones, and Xavier Howard were taken in the in the 10 picks after Robert Kimdiche. Jalen Smith, Chris Jones, Xavier Howard. Chris Jones, obviously, is the, I mean, he's... He's been a vision in Kansas City. Xavier Howard is a lockdown corner in Miami, and you kind of give Steve Kime a pass there because the cornerbacks are pretty good in 2016, so you didn't really need that. Jalen Smith, linebacker, definitely could have helped. And you take a dude. Right, yeah. he, he tore his ACL in the bowl game for Jalen Smith, right. But still, he was taking six picks after, and he's been he's been great for Dallas was, by all accounts. A lot, of people, a lot of people thought that was a reach for Dallas and, and Jerry Jones, taking him that high with that injury. But I, I look, and they and they just acquired Chandler Jones. They had Marcus Golden in the fold. Like they didn't need that pass rusher. They needed a guy on the interior of that defensive line, and they thought that they had they had a pick in Kimdichie, a top ten talent that had off the field issues. Freaking fell out of a broke through a glass window in a hotel. <laughs> it was just it was just a bad pick. But yeah, it was a bad. I pick. mean. I, I don't I mean it, when you look now and in hindsight after especially after the 2020 season that you're 2017 at least your first two picks popped a little bit in Reddick and Buda Baker but outside of that you just didn't have anybody that can contribute you just didn't it's like um, where's all the talent and, and oh wait they didn't draft any they they haven't they yeah. really haven't I mean it's just it's looking at this it makes me want to throw up I mean, yeah, a lot. Most of these, most picks from the fifth round on are crapshoots. I mean, really, when it comes, I mean, you know, I mean, the majority of picks in the NFL draft are busts. The majority of them. But to be the worst, yeah, to be consistently and and, and it's proven, it's not just you and I talking. And, and yeah, we are. We have been Steve Kimes' biggest critics at times, even though there was like a stretch where you thought he had a decent eighteen months, yep. and I don't. I don't think you're wrong, but at the same time, consistently over a long period of time, this guy has from the president of the organization, now basically your owner, Michael Bidwell, has given Steve Kime a pass for below average results. And, and it's it's proof. There, it's not like he's somewhere in the middle. He's not somewhere between like 12 and, and 28. He's dead last. Yeah. I mean that's that's that that's unacceptable. And he still has like it, and the, the whole reason we're talking about this is because there's never been a sniff of him getting fired. Like there there's been pleading for the, from the Arizona media for it, but really there's no, he got an extension with Steve Wilkes. Like 
I don't understand why a GM would get an extension just because the head coach had just been hired. He got an extension to go along with Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes hadn't coached, been a head coach for a down in his life. When Steve Wilkes got fired, Steve Kime should have been fired, and that should have been it. But this is where we are, and unless the Cardinals, I don't know. I, I Honestly, I don't know what will happen with the future of Steve Kime. I just, you got to punt on the idea that he's going to get, he's going to get fired anytime soon. So we'll talk about this more and more as the, as the offseason goes on. Unless Steve Kime can have a fantastic sequel to what he did the last 18 months or two years now, they're going to be calling for his head alongside with Cliff Kingsbury. And we'll tar and feather their asses to get him out of town. And, I mean, we'll see what happens this offseason in the draft. And uh, hopefully it won't be too late. And hopefully the window won't be starting to close with Kyler Murray in the future of this organization because Steve Keim is, for all, by all accounts, completely inept when it comes to drafting players. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked On Cardinals. We'll talk more. Arizona Cardinals next. Final segment, Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Bob Brock. This is a, a topic we're going to be talking about a lot until something happens. And people change their mind. You have differing opinions. You see things in the news. You see other uh, other contracts being signed. Patrick Peterson went on, went onto his podcast, I believe yesterday, and said that the ball is in the Arizona Cardinals court, how much they're going to offer him. Patrick Peterson, since he said, get me out of here, midway through the 2018 season, hasn't had the smoothest road. And we've talked about that a lot. You know, it's and then, you know, he goes on to the 16th green of the waste management and says, I'm here to stay. He writes a letter. I love Arizona. And then he says in a I think it was after practice one day uh, during an interview, he goes, I want to be the next Larry Fitzgerald for this organization. Uh, just a, a little insight. Anybody that says they want to be something and haven't showed one iota that they're going to do it are all talk. And that's what we've seen from Patrick Peterson. He cheated in the offseason. He missed six games to start the 2019 season. He put his team in a bad situation. And he played okay this year from week one to week 17. He played fine. Now, if he really wanted to make this work, Bo, my question to you is, wouldn't he say, you know what, we're going to figure it out. I want to be an Arizona Cardinal. Instead of the ball's in their court, how much they want to pay me, we'll see what happens. Obviously, this is going to be his last great shot at a longer contract. But this makes me think, sorry? I think he's past that point. Yeah, well, I mean, this is going to be the last time where he's going to get potentially $20 million guaranteed. Like, is this spelling the end of the Patrick Peterson regime in Arizona if the Cardinals even get close but don't hit the number that he wants there's no way he gets 20 million guaranteed by the way i mean his over a couple he, years what the the best thing yeah i mean logan ryan got 20 million guaranteed he played you know way better football than patrick peterson did this season he you you said it right he had an okay season patrick peterson the days of him being putting you know Passing the the buck to the organization to make a move? No, the organization doesn't have to. You're not that t- the caliber of player right. any longer. You're just not. So, and, and I don't want to cry. I don't. I'm not going to be as uh, critical of him as as you just were, and you know, continue to bring up the the PED violation and say he's a cheater. He look. I, I'm past that. As far as I'm concerned, though, the Arizona Cardinals 
they're not even really at a crossroads anymore. They're they're just they need to figure out how to improve in the defensive secondary. And if that means keeping Patrick Peterson on a one-year prove-it deal for him to maybe get more guaranteed dollars in the future because he's not going to get it after the season he just had, then fine. That's that's actually on him. That's that's his decision. The ball's in his court. But as far as the the Cardinals, this can't be the quarterback position in 2017 going into 2018. You have to have a plan. You have to say, hey, we're going to target these guys in free agency or target this guy in a trade, or we're going to look at these prospects in the draft. It can't, and maybe couple them with Patrick Peterson. But if if Patrick Peterson, it's it's just it's a it's trying to pass the buck to the organization so the fans aren't going to be critical of what of how he's conducting himself. It's it, it's nothing more than that. He's no longer the heavy hitter that can say, oh well, the ball's in their court, and I'm just going to sit back, let my agent do the work. It's like, well, your agent's going to get a a pretty below average offer that you're of what you're expecting. I just and I'm not trying to be critical. I think that Patrick Peterson can absolutely still play at the NFL level. I think he can be a serviceable corner, but I'm not. I, I don't think that he's 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 by no means the lockdown guy he used to be. He's going to be 31 next season. It who who's it who's it mean more to Alex, Patrick Peterson or the Cardinals organization that P2 retires a Cardinal? Uh the Cardinals. Why? Because Patrick Peterson, listen, who does it mean more for? Yeah. I think it means it more, more, more to. I think it means more to the Cardinals. I, I, I do. I do. I mean, it's, listen, Patrick Peterson can go, he can go anywhere. He can go anywhere he wants. He, yeah, he, for, the right, for the right price. Nobody's, but the secret's out. He's not the eight-time Pro Bowler any longer. Right. He's but, good. Right. But right? say... But say he – say okay, so say the Cardinals offer him – he's going to want a lot of money. Okay, so say the Cardinals – and we talked about this, and we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow because we're running long here. But if he gets DJ Humphrey's contract with he it – Okay, just listen. If the Cardinals offer him – because DJ Humphreys didn't get that much guaranteed. If Patrick Peter, if the Cardinals go to Patrick Peterson and say, we'll give you two-year 25 with $20 million guaranteed, he's going to laugh in their face. Because he thinks he's worth more than he is, in my opinion. But if he sees, if Baltimore, if Ozzie Newsom calls him, say, hey, we'll give you two years, $18 million, totally guaranteed, we'll see how much he wants to be an Arizona Cardinal. The Cardinals are going to have to overpay to keep him, in my opinion, unless he wants to go to, like, Jacksonville or something. They're going to have to overpay to keep him because there's going to be a team that's going to be in contention that will give him a little bit less, but he'll be like, oh, I could win a Super Bowl this year? Cool. I feel like what he's been saying and not jumping out in front of it saying, you know what, I want to be a Cardinal, we're going to work this out instead of, oh, you know what, we'll see what they offer me. It's just, it's telling that he doesn't need to stay an Arizona Cardinal. Here, here's, what, here's what's telling to me. The organization as far as lifting Patrick Peterson up to become Larry Fitzgerald's successor ended years ago. Patrick Peterson still maintains that. He still brings it up a couple times a season and in the offseason. And I, 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 I believe that Patrick Peterson, it means more to him. It would mean more to him to finish his career with one team. 
at the end of the day, though, as far as business sense, breaking the bank for Patrick Peterson would not be a smart move for the Arizona Cardinals. If he wants to go chase a contract, he can go do that. If he laughs at a, at the best deal available and it, it's the first deal from the Arizona Cardinals, that's a mistake on Patrick Peterson's, you know, with him and his representatives. The Arizona Cardinals need to figure out, regardless if they can retain Patrick Peterson, what the future of that position is going to be. Because it's going to be, as far as how they perform next season against the slew of quarterbacks that are, uh, you know, of the types of Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, as of right now, all the guys in the NFC West and all the wide receiver talent coming in, including Devontae Adams, they've got to have guys that can cover and, and, and defend. And it's going to take more than just P2. And, and the Arizona Cardinals, hopefully they realize that. I agree. It, I it's mean- more than that. It's more like that conversation about him finishing his career as a Cardinal, unfortunately, it's over. It's it's he's no longer that caliber of player. He doesn't have, you know, the the Larry Fitzgerald um, mystique or aura or like he 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 has he didn't do nearly enough. He had a great career. Like he's had a great career. I'm not trying to discount that, but it's not. You know, it would be unfair to say that it's Larry Fitzgerald's status, and it it hasn't. He hasn't maintained himself and kind of given the stiff arm to Father Time enough. To, to prove that and earn a deal like Larry Fitzgerald's kind of gotten that that hometown deal, not discount, but where they put a little extra sugar in it. Alex Lancey, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. This will be an ongoing conversation. Obviously, Bo and I are on somewhat different sides of the aisle here. It's going to be fun. We'll touch on it a little bit more tomorrow. Josh Weinfuss from ESPN covering the Arizona Cardinals is going to join us tomorrow for a segment or two. We're going to ask him about Patrick Peterson. We're going to ask him about the needs the Arizona Cardinals have and the hierarchy of them going back to our podcast from yesterday. Josh Weinfuss and more Patrick Peterson talk tomorrow. Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you then.